1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, welcome to this week's bonus episode. And this is definitely a longer intro than normal, but I am asking you to please listen to the intro as I think it is imperative and gives a lot of background information and tells a bit of why we're having a part of this conversation. So today's episode, we are joined with or by Alexis Barber. She is the voice behind Wellness Alexis on Instagram. She just recently graduated from Northwestern, where she studied political science and entrepreneurship after graduating from St. Louis High School. After doing a week-long summer program at Harvard Business School, or as people love to say, HBS, um, she realized that she really wanted to get an MBA, so she applied her senior year to deferred programs, which allow her to get two to four years of work Experience before joining the full time MBA program later on. I never knew this existed, but it's a great freaking idea. And she was accepted to none other than Wharton. So go, Alexis. Um, she currently plans to work as a product marketer in big tech before going to Wharton in 2023. So I met Alexis via Instagram, I guess like a few months ago, and basically. She tagged me in a few stories in July of like listening to the podcast and loving it. Thank you, Alexis. And after checking out her page, I loved what she was doing, so I followed her back. From there, we've been kind of exchanging DMs about all sorts of things. I could tell immediately that she was my kind of person and someone who is going to do great things in the future on this app. And I want to have her on here because she has kind of been now recently a part of everything that's happening with... Um, the uprising of information around the F-factor diet. And I want to tell her side of the story, but also just introduce you all to her and learn more about her as a person because I think she's awesome. So I want to start by saying a few things. A, I want to provide a trigger warning for this episode because we definitely discuss disordered eating and at times numbers associated with food, whether it's calories, fiber, carbs, etc. So Trigger warning for anyone who has a past with um, disordered eating. I just want to make sure that you're aware that this is discussed in the episode. I also want to say that I'm curr- I'm going to start... Well, okay. The other thing I want to say is that this is by no means like a tear down episode. I'm not trying to tear anyone down. What I'm trying to do is provide information on something that is currently happening and is very, very... like top of mind in the wellness world, especially on Instagram, and a story that's picking up a ton of rightful traction. So for me, this is more about like the diet and less about the founder of the diet. However, obviously, she is involved as well. I'm also using this as an opportunity, as I mentioned, to provide Alexis with a platform to tell her side of the story. So here is first some history on F Factor and the recent news and everything and then I'm also going to explain how Lexus got involved. So for anyone who has no idea what the hell I'm talking about, um, good for you because that means you're not on social media a lot and I respect that shit. Um, so I'm going to provide some history. And even if people do know what I'm talking about, I just think this is helpful so that we're all on the same page. So personally, I was never interested in F Factor. I just felt kind of triggered by the content I saw when I followed their accounts around four years ago. That was just my personal decision. Um, even when I listened to the Diet Starts Tomorrow episode a while back with the founder, Tanya Zuckerbrot, um, I can link it in the show notes, I guess. It had me thinking just like some disordered thoughts afterwards that I was even frustrated by myself for. Um, yeah, I immediately started assessing like, what am I eating on a typical day and criticizing myself for not having enough protein or fiber and bashing myself for how much fruit I eat. It was just like not me. And so there were many signals for me personally that were just red flags of this diet doesn't seem like something that would benefit me mentally. And that is why I hadn't followed them and I never partook in the diet. I never read the book, all of that. So this history is given from the Effector website. The Effector diet book was first published over 14 years ago, and the company introduced high fiber protein products in 2018. Also, the reason I'm doing this is because I think we all should have more facts. And also, as I mentioned, I'm really trying to like lay out the whole story here and not just be like this is the one side and all that matters. Um, according to their website, the diet is high fiber, low carb, and focuses on tracking your total carbohydrates and fiber intake in order to determine how many net. Carbs carbs, you've taken in total carb minus fiber equals net carb. Um, They recommend a minimum of 35 grams of fiber per day, but many people on the diet get upwards of 60 grams and they claim that there's no upper limit as to how much you can eat, which is something I disagree with personally. The amount of net carbs allowed per day depend on the steps of the diet. So there's like a step one, step two, and step three. I think, I believe step three is the maintain phase. I'll get into that a little bit. Um, they also do something very publicly and notoriously of comparing the amount of carbs you intake to slices of bread. So they show you that 15 grams, grams of carbs is equal to one slice of white bread. And according to their website, this is rec- referred to as the slice of white bread rule. Um, in my opinion, a bit demonizing to the OG white bread, but that's for everyone to make their own opinions on. And the diet encourages three liters of water a day and limits for fat, protein, dessert, calories, etc. It's all on their website. I will link that in the bio as well. And then the three different steps are heavily outlined in the book, which they highly recommend reading if you were going to follow the diet. As I mentioned, I have never read it, so I don't have in-depth details on the different steps. So recently, why this is like coming big news is because there have been thousands of complaints from women coming forward claiming that it has led to health problems such as hives, hair loss, pregnancy complications, GI issues, and disordered eating. This all came to light when fashion influencer Emily Gellis opened up her or to her IG audience about a complaint she heard in regards to the diet. And I think I'm getting this right, but I believe this started because she heard that someone told or someone told her that they were advised not to take their anxiety medication because of potential weight gain by a F factor RD. Um, And she is a mental health advocate and it just did not set right with her. So Emily shared the initial complaint and she asked on her stories, like, has anyone else experienced anything like this? Um, Kind of just like opening up her platform to this and the floodgates freaking opened. And since then she has received thousands of messages of complaints and horror stories from previous clients. So Emily has kind of become like this face of the victims because she's providing her space for them to share their stories and to her like 180,000, I think at this point, followers, and has definitely also been on the receiving end of some very intense recent threats and accusations. So F Factors, on the flip side, F Factors website states that Over 170,000 orders have happened in the last two years, yet they claim to have only had 50 health-related complaints. Personally, I don't know how this is possible, given everything we're seeing of people coming forward with complaints, but that is what F-Factor is saying. Maybe, if it's true, maybe it's because these people who are dealing with these health issues weren't aware it was from F-Factor products, and now that everyone is talking about their experience they're realizing it I I don't know I mean I I still can't figure that out Um, and there were also many asks for the certificate of analysis the COAs for the F-Factor products given that they weren't publicized anywhere and so F-Factor issued two COAs for the Today Show kind of like the end of August and now they have them publicly on their website I'll link it in the show notes Um, there was a lot of demand for these documents because many people felt like if they weren't hiding anything why would they keep them private I'm not a scientist or researcher in this field. I'm I'm still kind of confused why the COAs look so different for the chocolate protein versus the vanilla and the unflavored, but that's just my... Opinion. Um, also, according to the F Factor website, the products are quote unquote 100% safe. I, I kind of feel like that's a wild claim to make because I'm just confused how any food can be considered 100% safe. If you think about, like, you know, people have allergies to all different sorts of things, and that, that's even like a plant. Like, if you said apples, like apples aren't 100% safe, and that's nothing that's even being modified. Um, So then when asked whether the F-factor diet encourages unhealthy weight loss or disordered eating, they say it does not. This is a quote they claim. F-factor has never been about restriction or omission, but rather addition. I'm kind of confused by this as well. It seems a bit contradictory since they have something like a three-bite rule for certain foods, which really doesn't sit well with me. Um, I also do not have the book, but based on calculations of an example journal, like a day journal that I found on their website for step one. It's around a thousand calorie diet, which to me seems blasphemous. Um, you can also make your own decision. And then there's this thing that I really have a hard time with, an intentions bracelet, which according to their website, this is a quote, is to help strive for excellence and integrity in all that you do. It is a daily visual reminder to honor your intentions for looking and feeling your best so that you never settle for mediocrity. Be your best and stay on track and motivated the F-factor way with this minimalist stylish piece. To me, that is very disordered um, to wear a bracelet to stop you, or I guess in their terms, remind you of what you want to do when you're reaching for food to then hopefully stop you from eating that thing or restrict you, that to me really does not sit well. Um, So after all of these allegations have come forward, F Factor has now hired a very famous defense attorney and they have sent several people cease and desist letters Um, I believe this behavior is maybe one of the reasons that a lot of former employees or clients are afraid of coming forward with their stories or stating their complaints on the record. And amidst all of the complaints that have now been publicly shared, F-Factor is mainly now being criticized for the way they are handling the complaints. Instead of acknowledging, apologizing, and moving forward like I would expect businesses to do at this time, it seems, in my opinion, they are denying, accusing, and attacking and providing a prime example of gaslighting a victim. So that is where I kind of got not involved because I'm not involved. I don't want to be involved in this whatsoever. I really don't. Um, But that's where I started to be like, this seems twisted. Um the diet in itself seems very twisted to me and I have a hard time grasping a lot of the things they promote. However, for the past 4 years I've just continued to do what I've decided of like not trying it, not buying the products, not following them, etc. What I'm having a really hard time right now stomaching is the reaction of F factor and their founder Tanya in response to the victims that have come forward because instead of acknowledging these people's problems and trying to apologize and work with them and like making it better like I feel any business owner should do it's very like that's not true that's not true that didn't happen that's not possible um so how did Alexis get involved As I mentioned, who Alexis is, at one point, she was a follower of the F Factor diet. She read the book and she was using the products. In a recent post, she said she fell into the trap of someone who was selling a one size fits all approach and was promising to give her a body and lifestyle she was supposed to want. While in reality, it took away her confidence and made her obsessive over looks and numbers instead of enjoying herself. Unfortunately, a lot of us have been there. So On an IG Live, Tanya hosted called The Truth About F Factor. It is on her Instagram. Alexis commented that she was promoting living in step one, which, as I mentioned, is around a thousand calorie diet in all of Tanya's Instagram stories every day, despite that the book states you should graduate from step one, go to step two and eventually live in the maintain step three. So from ta- from following Tanya on social, Alexis felt like she had to live on that step one phase, like she was promoting on her page. And Tanya has very publicly said in the past, I guess not recently, um, that she did live on step one. So Tanya reached out to Alexis over DM. They set up. She set up a call with her, which. I think Alexis is the only victim that this has happened to. And they ended up speaking for around 45 minutes. On the call, Alexis felt pretty attacked, gaslit, and not acknowledged. Um, as she expected the call to go this way, she recorded it for her own defense and use and never shared it with anyone. And while this happened behind like closed doors, Alexis did mention it to her Instagram. At the time, Alexis had like a 1,000 followers. Not that that matters, but I think that's context. She mentioned that Tanya called her and kind of what I just said. Um, nothing about that she recorded the conversation because that was just for her. She wasn't sharing it with anyone. So basically, while this all happened kind of behind doors, Alexis got involved in the situation more without her input or decision to because Tanya then hosted another live saying that she was going to discuss disordered eating, which I joined, and I don't think that that was ever really discussed. And instead, the entire one-hour live was kind of used to drag Alexis through the mud to her 100,000 followers. Um, in my opinion, for no apparent reason. I think a lot of people in the live were like, no one even knows who Alexis is. No offense, Alexis. But, but like no one knows why this is the focus of the conversation. Like well, I thought we were talking about disordered eating. Why are we constantly talking about this girl that you had to call with that felt like you didn't acknowledge her. It was the oddest thing, it was really odd to me. Um the comments were turned off for a majority of the live until like the last few minutes. Um but many people didn't know the backstory, yet she used this entire time to basically gaslight Alexis, attack her, and at one point kind of threaten her. And this is where I was just like, I can't fucking take this anymore. I have never gotten involved in a situation like this where I've like commented on a live or anything, but I just couldn't sit there. And I knew Alexis wasn't on the live that I had confirmed over DMs. And I just felt like I had to stand up for her. I don't know. I have that weird thing. We've talked about loyalty a lot. And I'm not even like... It's not like I talk on the phone with Alexis or have you even met her, but I felt this loyalty towards her. And I was like, no, this is bullshit. So I submitted comments asking why, as a 40-plus-year-old woman, the entire live was focused on tearing down a 20-year-old black woman. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And I just – I really was so confused. And there was zero acknowledgement or apology. It was just attack, 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 accuse, 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 and pretty manipulative behavior. So after that, Alexis and I chatted a bit over DM. And I basically said to her, this platform is here for you to use whenever you want to tell your side of the story. And that is why we are recording this episode. So I wanna also acknowledge that when this all happened, Alexis's Instagram page was something she had kept on the lowdown for majority of her people in her life, which I've been there. And obviously she felt completely exposed within basically like a two-hour time frame because now any all of a hundred thousand plus people knew that she was this like Alexis that was being constantly commented on by Tanya. So we're going to dive into the episode. This is not going to be solely focused on F Factor because I think Alexis has so much to bring to the table. That's more than just this diet, but I wanted to provide that context and I really, really want to make it clear that this is not like a tear down campaign. I'm just trying to provide facts for everyone and information. And if this helps someone who's involved in the situation, feel seen as a victim that I find is helping do my job. Also, if this stops anyone from potentially following this diet that I find very extremely restrictive and encouraging disordered eating, then I also feel I've done my job. So without further ado, here's Alexis. Guys, happy Wednesday. It feels weird saying that since we're usually releasing these on Fridays, but we are squeezing in this bonus episode. Um, I've already done some introduction and given you guys a ton of backstory that I think is really imperative to this episode. But I'm very excited to welcome Alexis Barber. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan of your podcast. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, I've been on the like opposite side of it, being a guest on some shows I listen to, and I feel like it just brings something different to the table when the guest and the person are aligned, and they know what the show is about, and they've listened, and I'm really, really pumped for our conversation and to introduce you to the Freckled Foodie family because they are freaking awesome. Amazing. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um so to kick things off as you know I have to ask how would you define success? Um I guess
0: if you would have asked me this like 6 months ago I probably would have given like a 10 year plan with like a career and you know all that like on a spreadsheet but um <laughs> if there's anything the past few weeks have taught me is that success really doesn't mean anything unless you have self love and I That's sort of what I'm out to, you know, figure out over this next part of my life.
1: I love that. And I think it's huge, hugely important in finding success in any aspect of your life is loving yourself because I don't think you can love or help anyone else until you've done that to yourself. And on that note, your page slogan, so your Instagram at wellnessalexis, which will be linked in the show notes and everything. Um, on there, the slogan is you're too smart to be on a diet, which I love. But can you walk us through the meaning behind that and kind of like what has led to your use of that term and why you think people are too smart to be on diets?
0: Sure. So I guess so I um, have always a big part of my identity has being like, been being kind of like smart my in my upbringing, um, just like being like a gifted child and then going to Um, like a really difficult boarding school for high school and then going to Northwestern. Like, it was just a lot, like, it's always been like who's smart and who's smart. And I think that's what initially drew me into being uh, like on this sort of elite diet plan. And that, um, because my intelligence was, you know, being complimented in the way in, you know, choosing to do this to my body. Whereas what I've learned is that for me to spend so much of my time focusing on what i'm eating what i'm how i'm working out what i look like first of all men don't really do that as much so you know you're losing Mm -hmm. out there second of all you lose your your confidence because of something the world is telling you you have to do and it's just you could be spending that energy doing so much more for the world like i basically I don't want to say wasted because it, everything brought me to where I am now but wasted the last six months like focused on what I looked like when in reality if I was 10 pounds heavier my degree doesn't disappear my mm-hmm. boyfriend doesn't just break up with me, my family doesn't just start hating me Like my body is not where all my value is and we are too smart to put our value into the number on the scale or our bikini pictures, like, there's nothing wrong with caring about you know, health, but there's something very wrong with society's need for us to put all of our value in what we look like, I guess, like for Instagram or whatever.
1: fucking Absolutely. And it's really interesting to me because you touched on something. One of the, I do like daily affirmations, and one of them I'll say, every so often is you are more than your physical appearance. Because I think for me, how you said you were so wrapped up, not wrapped up, but like your education is a large part of your identity. I felt like growing up, my looks were a large part of my identity and Mm -hmm. my like built figure, I guess you could say, because I was playing Mm -hmm. sports my whole life. And I think for so long, I held on to that as like the main piece of my identity in a weird way. And I had a really hard time accepting that things change and I started to realize like hold on, there's so much more I do that is so much more important than my physical appearance. And so as an affirmation, I say that a lot because we bring so much more to the table than what we look like or how much we weigh or what size we are. And mm-hmm. I say this all the time, but if you think about your favorite attributes of your closest friends, you would never in a million years list like their size or weight or appearance exactly. as one of them. You'd never be like, oh, I love that girl because she is a size four. Like That's just never something you would ever say. So why right. is it something that we put on such a pedestal when we're thinking about ourselves.
0: Totally true. And it's just like, I, I feel like people also just don't like, like talking about your body and like talking about health is just something that like, it's supposed to be effortless. It's supposed to be like, I guess, like in my sorority in college, it was like, no one was going to talk about like what we looked like, or everyone was going to be self deprecating when they talked about their body. Yeah. So they could seem more, you know, humorous. But like, in reality, it was like, that's sort of why I had so much shame with my like, having my wellness account. Aileen from Diet Search <laughs> Tomorrow called it my shady wellness account because it was <laughs> shady for me to, I feel like care about what I looked like or for anyone to know that I wasn't 100% confident, even though people weren't expecting that from me, just like, like was really freaky. And that's why like in these spaces, when you think about your friends, like you don't think about them like that. You're, we're all just putting this pressure on ourselves.
1: Totally. And also you keeping that account on the side like or DL is something that I think so many of us do. I mean, I did it for the first six months and my best friend Deanna is like the world's best internet stalker. If you ever need to find any information on an ex <laughs> or anyone, like you tell her a name and a location and she'll have their full resume up. And she once sent me a photo of Freckled Foodie. I was like, dude, is this your account? I was like, how oh, the God. hell did you find this? Um, so you're not alone. I think there's just a lot of like, weird feelings of putting yourself out there in general. And I mean, for me, when I started my account, I just kept thinking like, what is this screenshot that's being sent to the group of like the other sorority? You know what I mean? Mm. Such stupid shit that doesn't matter. But that's honestly what I was thinking. Um, And then also what you said, I want to go back one step is you were saying that, you know, we waste so much brain space specifically as females on Overthinking what we look like, what we're eating, how much we weigh. And it's been so interesting to me as time has evolved and things have happened in my life. And the moments where I'm busy or something big is happening, whether it was when I had my concussion and I was on leave, or mm-hmm. even like with this pandemic. And then, really, especially recently, like when the Black Lives Matter movement really took over and took like the front of media, rightfully so. Those moments for me, like I get so consumed in something that's happening that matters that I realize, like a week later or a few days into it, like, wow, I haven't even thought about whether I've worked out, whether I've worked out enough, how much Mm -hmm. I've eaten, what I look like. And that goes to show when we're focusing on things that matter, our weight and our body image, rightfully so, take a back seat where it should be, in my opinion.
0: I 100% agree with you. Like I feel like in high school, even like I was never like consumed like these calories or anything, but I was very consumed in like, you know, working on myself or even like when I'm from St. Louis and when Mike Brown was killed here in 2014, like that took over my brain. But at at no point was I like worried about what I looked like, you know? Like it was now like in and in college, like anything I was doing or like all of the clubs and events that I helped put on, like you know, you don't think about what you looks like or what you ate or like, you know, how you you feel, you think about who you helped and who you like impacted at that point, not necessarily. And so I think that is a really good point to make. Like, we don't need to focus so much on this because when we are like that shows that we're not focusing on what really matters.
1: Right. And I always say like, there's so much more important shit going on in the world than whether you Mm. fit into a pair of pants. Exactly. Um, So I am so interested because I think you're actually the youngest guest we've had on the show now that I'm thinking back on previous guests. I think, yeah, because you're 21. My younger sister was probably the youngest before that. And I'm amazed at your awareness and knowledge on this topic at this age because I think you're at the prime age where people are just kind of getting into this almost where it's like, (gasps) I'm entering the real world. Like Now there's so much pressure what should I be looking like? Like social media has played a huge role. I'm sure in your like high school and college days, way more than it did. I think in my generation, not that I were, I guess we're the same generation ish. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, Instagram only became a thing my sophomore year of college. And we thought it was just like an editing app. We didn't realize it was social. And there was, I think we would go to parties and take like 50 photos and just hit upload on Facebook without even looking at them. And we wouldn't edit them. And now I feel like you take 50, not you, but the generation that's currently in college takes like 50 photos then you edit them all then you choose the best one and you post just one on Instagram so it's just so different when i reflect yeah. back and see like my college days versus even my sisters and people i know now in college so i'm curious all that to say is that you're i feel way ahead of your time but when did you kind of get into the diet world like when did this first become something that you started to pay attention to and kind of get engulfed in
0: um so I guess I can give you the whole story, which is that like I was diagnosed with MS when I was fifteen. And so wow. the idea of yeah, it was freaking absurd. Like if you were with me at summer camp when I was diagnosed, shout out to you. But that whole time, like my mom was like, Okay, like let's try some other diets to help you with your symptoms. And so I tried being vegan and all this stuff for a while. And like I said, I was at boarding school, so like I was just like eating meal prep all the time and Mm -hmm. i never i didn't have bad enough ms symptoms to where i could tell if the diets were making a difference or not so i didn't stick to any of them obviously and just ate like a normal 17 year old and then got to college and i definitely wasn't at a place where i was dieting at all for the first the beginning of college i was in the opposite space where i like just got a boyfriend and like you know you just eat everything together so that's
1: I never the felt relationship weight gain is so yeah, real. Really, and so amazing. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I was really on. But I started to notice that diets and food and eating disorders. I don't even know if I really saw eating disorders as a big thing until I was in my sorority. And um like living in the house or seeing other people in the house, or I had a good friend who um had a pretty bad eating disorder. I didn't know how to be friends with her after that. And like I yeah. definitely felt feel bad about that but it was just like a very it was like all-consuming in the sorority house and I didn't live in my sophomore year because of my MS but I did live in my junior year and that's when the dieting started to affect me personally where people had introduced me to it and our house had like notoriously the best chef on campus and so we had incredible food and then you would just see all these like extremely petite women eating like four bowls of pasta in one night. And then you would feel like I can't eat that or else I'm going to gain weight, but I can't not eat it because I don't want people to think that I don't like what I look like, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. just like, to be completely surrounded by people and see everybody naked all the time and be sharing clothes and all that. Like it was like a crazy experience and I didn't in the moment, or I didn't even until now recognize how much it impacted
1: Yeah. And like my perception. Yeah, definitely. I think living in a sorority house has, you know, great ups and positives. But I also think it comes with a lot of stuff that at that age, you're not totally aware of or ready to handle or like know how to compartmentalize, especially when you take like we said, that's a prime female age. I think even more now with the generations going to college currently that are engulfed in the body image kind of like obsession and unsure how to handle the emotions. And then you throw, I don't know how many people lived in your house. You definitely went to a bigger school than I did. We had like 30 and you throw Mm -hmm. all these females in a house and be like, okay, good luck. Have fun with it. Everyone run around naked, eat all your meals together, share all the clothes, get drunk. Like no one knows how to control any of these emotions. Um, So I'm sure that it's difficult to navigate, especially right now with Instagram and you know, all of these apps playing such a huge role.
0: Exactly. Like Instagram or Facebook or like we would have conversations in the house. Like we were always, always had like, there was always drama going on, of course. And like, we'd be sitting in the kitchen and be like, oh, like, look at this person or oh, like, did you see like how she, and then people would be like, I think she has an eating disorder. You know, like we would talk about Mm -hmm. it all the time. And like in the beginning of my time in my sorority, I, we had to talk about eating disorders as part of our education. And I was like, I don't know anyone with an eating disorder. Like I was like, I don't understand what this is like, not something that happens to people. And like, then I later, I think it was, it wasn't even until my junior year. And I was living there that I recognized that there was like, of my pledge class of 35 people, at least eight of them had like eating disorders. And I was like, so shocked that that was Mm -hmm. such a high percentage of like all these girls who I like came to college with, you know? So it was a really, um, it's really scary. And I think it's even worse for like, I have five younger sisters. And one is like wow. they're all they're all yeah, they're it's literally like chaos. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, like I can't handle. I'm that. one but, of three. I cannot imagine being one of six girls. <laughs> yeah, my mom says that um, once it, you hit three, you don't even notice the rest of them. So maybe that's true. Are you like <laughs> my <laughs>
1: house where there are no boundaries? And like growing up, I feel like we were never clothed, just like running around everywhere. It's fully. Was, like, my mom was yeah. always like, "Well, we don't need <laughs> to." My, like my siblings, like.
0: When they're home, like they don't wear clothes, and it's just like all no,
1: right. Like, okay, it was just so. like yep. My dad was always at work. It was like okay, this is a house of ladies. Like you yeah. need clothes, and that's why I think I'm so comfortable. Joe jokes with me. He's like, "Are you ever dressed?" Like I, I'm not a nudist by any means, but like I would prefer to be naked at all times. And. I hear you. I'm, like, so comfortable being naked in front of anyone. And my friends are always like, you are never dressed. And I think that's why, I like, part of the sorority house, I was just like, yeah, of course, this is normal. And some people exactly. don't find it normal at all because of different upbringings. But with yeah, all girls, definitely. it's a different yes. household. With a lot.
0: Yeah. We have, we have two boys. So there's eight of us total. So but like, Yeah, it's absurd. It's truly absurd. Um, we have – but the – my sisters who are 15, like the ones I'm talking about, there's like twins who are six and then there's a 15 year old, um, a 13 year old who she turns 13 this month and then an 11 year old. And they, well, obviously they stay on TikTok. And I think TikTok, Mm -hmm. like, so when I was growing up, like we got got Instagram and we had Facebook and we had Snapchat, but we didn't have um, TikTok in the same way and instead I think we had Tumblr and our Tumblr was like where all of this like pro eating disorder thing was going on and pro you know depression and suicide and that type of thing and i think that that was what affected my like 8th grade friends more in the same way that TikTok is doing so now like i love TikTok personally but, but you can get on sisters, the wrong side of it exactly for my sisters i don't want them to be on any social media because like, all it's just the glorification of being thin totally. and like all of that is so gross, and all the glorification of like weight loss TikTok. Like, I even fell into that. I was like, oh, this is so inspiring. And it's like, maybe we don't need to put all of our value into this, but it makes me so anxious that my sisters who are all having like, we all look different and have different body types and different like athleticism or whatever. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just so scared that they, going to end up in the same way that like tumblr sort of impacted my little snippet of the generation and make them want to you know look a certain way and like that's what i'm like super fearful of because of social media and i mean it affected all of us like in college still affects everyone with instagram now but i don't know i'm worried for them
1: <laughs> i mean i totally share your fear and i don't have younger siblings at that age My youngest sister is 24, I think she is. Lucy, sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. So she's like kind of around my age-ish. But I do feel, first of all, I didn't even know Tumblr was a thing, so thank you for that. Um, But I do (laughs) feel like... The apps can be either so beneficial or so horrifying, and I've talked about this a few times, but when I first started TikTok, because I posted a, like, quote, unquote, healthy recipe, whatever you want to call that, um, Mm. I got into that, like, my FYP was all these kind of, like, pro-disordered eating pages and pro-obsessive workouts, and, like, you want to trim your waist, do this every single day for an hour, like, all that stupid shit. And I would open the app and after 10 minutes, I'd feel so anxious. i feel so badly about myself. And I say this all the time. You choose who you follow. You choose what you consume. And so I shut down the app and I said, I hate TikTok. I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. And then I started to find, i get I don't know how I eventually got on it, but I got on one person's page that was really inspiring and pro-body positivity and pro-intuitive eating and really up my alley. And I started following them. And then eventually I learned that you could hit not interested in other videos. And I totally changed the algorithm for my FYP. And now I find it's such an inspiring app to me. And it shows me all different types of bodies. And it's it's normalized so many things that I, in my critical past, have judged. And so I think it can be amazing. But I think it's the same thing with any type of social media. You really have to be wary and also like put in the extra effort to make sure you're consuming stuff that helps rather than hurts. I almost feel like you should take your sister's TikToks and like start following people and hit not interested so you can curate their FYP. I feel, I definitely feel that way. And that like makes me think of like
0: how you have to sort of know how to use TikTok and you have to know like when to stop. But for me, it's like when I was deep into this like diet in March and April, no one could have told me to like love myself because it felt like everyone that I saw who was saying like the only way that I really like started to love my body was when I let go of, you know, caring what I looked like. And, and the, but they all like had like quote unquote perfect bodies, you know, so mm-hmm. like for me to hear from anyone that like, you know, it's not important to be skinny or it's not important to do this. Like it was like, oh, it's so easy for you to say that, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's why I feel like it's, it's hard. And like, I want to take my sister's TikToks, obviously, but I feel like when you're deep into that mindset of what I look like is so important, it's, it's almost impossible to hear what other people are saying about, you know, your body. And like, if you are beautiful, like my boyfriend would always be like, I really don't care what your weight is. And I would be like, But I need to get to like this body fat percentage or whatever. Like he he never cared about it and like neither did anyone in my life. Everyone like was like, no, like you're you're beautiful, it's fine. But like if you don't believe that, like that is where it's so important to to like to have like you said, those really good influences on TikTok of all different types of bodies and looking like all these different things, because otherwise you just don't believe it.
1: Right, and I think it's the same thing. Where if you were to compare it to like addiction, you can't help someone until they want to help themselves. Yeah, and I think it's the same with this. And so we've mentioned that you were involved in kind of diet culture, etc. And in the intro, I obviously talk about F factor. So how did you get involved with specifically the F factor diet?
0: Um, like I mentioned previously, some girls in my sorority were. So to give you some context, my sorority is like was like. I guess I should say like 60% like New York city. Um, (laughs) And the other half was either international or it was from like LA or San Francisco. And so I was like literally one of maybe like two or three Midwesterners who ended up Mm -hmm. in it. And so obviously New York city culture translated very much to my sorority and my sorority house giving us F factor um and so f factor like they just they they had the powders and i tried the powders and like i liked the taste because like i liked the sweet vanilla um and so i ended up ordering it for myself and that summer i was in new york city for my internship and i read the book and i never started the diet because i didn't have control over my own food like living in the sorority house like working at a place that gave me food and then My senior year, even though I lived off campus, I still ate at the house every day because I was too busy to sort of cook for myself. So it wasn't until March of this year when quarantine started that I started doing the diet, um, like the step one, because I had control over my own food. And um, so I started doing it and I was just simply put not eating enough that um, led to like a, like these really intense hunger pains that I thought like meant my hormones are messed up or something. And in reality, I just wasn't eating enough. And like, I remember telling my mom and my doctors about this and being like, I don't understand like why I have all this, like, like these hunger, like uh, they're, I'm insatiable. And they were like, you're probably not eating enough. And I was like, it doesn't make sense if this like dietitian is telling me that this is all I need to eat. Like I'm scared I'm gonna eat too much, you know? So then I eventually um, led into a binging and restricting cycle where I would just eat everything at night because I wasn't eating enough during the day. And that definitely continued until about June, um, mid June, um, where I, like, we were in the quarter system in Northwestern. So I graduated and, um, like, celebration. I moved home, um, had a lot going on while I was home and um just sort of ate whatever i wanted and when i moved to san francisco that following week which i moved and then my job told me that i'm actually gonna be placed in new york and that like there was really no reason for me to move to san francisco (laughs) so cool um but that um, so i was there for two months (laughs) exactly um so i was there for two months with my boyfriend and i was just like i don't care like i was like in a place where i literally could not stand the idea of cooking i was like absolutely not i'm not doing this like i might like my boyfriend cooked everything shout out to him and then i just like ate whatever i wanted and i look exactly the same like i look exactly the same like i did not need to be focusing on my energy on this diet but that's sort of how i got my story with it and at the same time that i was recognizing i didn't need to do it black lives matter came back to the forefront and as someone who touched me so intensely while I was in high school, like I felt a resurgence of really needing to care about the things that matter. Um, mm-hmm. And to be really focus on the influencers who or like influencers gross, but you know, like the influencers who were really taking a stand on the issues that mattered. And yep. I did not feel that at all from the F factor uh, brand itself, but there were a few influencers who I did feel were, embodying that. And so that sort of helped me shift as well to caring more about what mattered and like putting my energy into that rather than putting my energy into like calculating net carbs.
1: Right. Because it's way more important for many, many, many reasons. Exactly. Um, And so then in the intro, I kind of walk everyone through this, but basically... Tanya, the founder of F Factor, hosted an Instagram Live like that she had titled The Truth About F Factor. Um, and you had a comment on it that went pretty, I guess you could say viral, but basically stating, like, you know, how am I supposed to n- know, or not how am I supposed to know, but you encourage living in step one on your account. And it's really hard, even though the book encourages moving to step three, like you're the founder of the brand. And so I'm following your lead. Mm-hmm. And is that the right kind of verbiage yeah. of what you said. Okay. For sure. Um, and that post, that comment got a ton of likes and traction and then her response. And so eventually if I'm correct in stating this, she messaged you and set up a call, which is as far as I'm con- I have heard you're the only person that this has happened with. Right.
0: Yeah. It's really weird, but yeah. So she messaged me asking to call. I said like, yeah, just because I didn't want to like back down from her, I guess.
1: Yeah. Which I'm also interested or I don't know if confuse is the right word, but just curious on how you were the one person that somehow got a call. Yeah, so can you walk <laughs> yeah. Can you walk us through a bit like obviously now it's come out and this is why I felt like I got involved. Um the call happened, you said on your platform that you felt you never really got an apology and you kind of felt attacked and gaslit and like talked down to mm-hmm. and You never mentioned, but you did record it for your own usage and like safety because especially now that everything that's happening, like I would have done the same freaking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she hosted a second live that was supposed to talk about F-factor and disordered eating, which you weren't – have you seen it since it wasn't saved I've seen 10 minutes of it. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I happened to be on my computer. I saw that she was live and I was like, oh, I'll see what this is about. And it was – she had said it was going to be about disordered eating and I feel like it never spoke on disordered eating. All of a sudden, she started being like, Alexis did this and Alexis did that and Alexis, you know, all this stuff. And I was so confused. I'm like, who the fuck is Alexis? Even though Mm -hmm. I knew you, I followed you, we DM'd. Like, I had no idea who she was even referencing. Finally, I put the pieces together and then I was like, "Wait a second, why the hell is an hour long live to a- over a hundred thousand people focused on one person when there are thousands and thousands of victims who have come forward? Alexis wasn't even attacking like her comments mm-hmm. on that post were very warranted and real and like honest, and I just was so I don't know. I have this weird thing, and I said this in the intro where like I am very loyal and like I try to be as nice as I can, but if you fuck with someone that I am close with like you see a dark side of me. My sisters always mm-hmm. joke. They're like, we haven't seen this side of Cam in a while and we miss it. But <laughs> and it, I don't even know why I felt this loyalty towards you. Like we had, we still have never met. It's not like we like talk on the phone all the time at all, right. but just we had DM'd a bit. And I also felt like, why is a 40 year old, I don't know how old she is. I'm just kind of assuming. Why is she spending an hour dragging down a 21 year old black woman for no reason? And so that's yeah. when I started commenting. Um, just like why is this whole thing focused on Alexis when she has nothing to do with the situation and you said this is going to be on disordered eating, like this is pretty horrific to watch, this is like the quintessential definition of gaslighting, all of this stuff. And then mm-hmm. we messaged and that's you know how this all happened. But how did you feel when, I'm sure like your Instagram DM started blowing up after this and obviously yeah. you gained a ton of followers right after. What was your reaction to like your inclusion in this Mm -hmm. live. And because in my opinion, it kind of seemed like you had no control over the situation. Like you were just kind of outed for no reason. For sure.
0: Put in this forefront
1: of a situation that you might not have even wanted to be in.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, so first of all, I want to say thank you so much for supporting me through all that. And like all your comments, like everyone messaged me being like, Freckle Foodie's going so hard for you right now. Like, (laughs) and I was like, I mean, I, from you, like, I expect nothing less because you stand by your values all the time. And what I see from from this situation was, like, first of all, the call, I was so surprised that, like, she would spend her time in the middle of, like, a PR crisis talking to me right. for 45 minutes on the phone. Like, that just seemed weird in itself. But, like, I was like, okay, maybe she's doing this for everybody who commented. Cause my comment didn't even get the most likes on that picture. There's a woman right. who's like, so I had people. this, or- there- yeah, there's a woman who's like, I have hospital bills and I'm upset about them and you still won't answer me. And I was like, that woman should have got the call. You know, like she mm-hmm. was like completely had like more, has more deeper rooted issues, obviously. So I was very surprised to get the call, but I still was like, whatever. At the end of the call, After 30 minutes of grilling me, basically making me cry and being like just so manipulative in the way she spoke to me. And not to mention multiple microaggressions of telling me I was too loud or too angry, which like if you have done any of the work that you said you've been doing since June,
1: you would have avoided those words. That was another Um, thing that I was just like, I'm sorry. Have you been paying attention to 2020 so far? Exactly. Like what's going on here? Exactly. Like it was a disaster. So at the end of the call,
0: she finally said, I'm sorry, you had a bad experience. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that. But your apology needs to be public to everybody else. Because obviously, like, I am not um, the only person in this fight. And I was Mm -hmm. like, there's so many of us, there's so many of us who are going through this. And like, I'm not even the first person who spoke up about disordered eating um, after being a devoted, like, effector follower. And, like, at, at, like in the slightest. And I'm certainly the smallest. So it was very weird to me. When I she said she was going to go live, I really thought she was going to give that fake apology. And I was, yeah. but I was not surprised to see the way she turned it on me. Because, yeah. sh- like, if we've learned anything from this, is that the empathy isn't there. And that she genuinely thinks that, she has done no wrong and Mm -hmm. that is the case and I mean I'm not like that's like her and on the phone I kept saying if you're not gonna like okay like if you're not gonna admit to this like every time she would say something and be like I've done this for 20 years I would be like okay like if you don't want to admit to this that's fine but like I don't understand what the point of this conversation is and then she would call me childish for saying that so Um. anyway at the end of like all of a sudden, done when my phone, I had a work call during the entirety of the live, so I wasn't able to see it. And I get off the call, and I'm like, people are messaging me like left and right. And I wasn't really 100%, you know, like, I was a little concerned, but like, the person, the reason I got most concerned was that like skinny hangover, Olivia, who's like one, one of the people who supported me the most throughout all of this, um, dating back to June with George Floyd's death. Um, she was like, Tanya just fucking dragged you on her live. And I was like, what? Like, it's just, it's like to hear like those words, like fucking dragged, like from so yeah. many and people. And at one point, kind
1: of threatened if we're being honest. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was
0: what when I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you've got to yeah. be kidding me. Like, you're
1: 50 years old. Like, come on. Oh, like, it yeah, I've been saying sense. 40. I don't know how it yeah, is. I don't even know. Um, but, no, yeah. I mean, it was mind blowing to watch. And for me, honestly, I think I'm having the hardest time because, look, has she been successful in what she's done? Obviously. And, like, does she promote this as a weight loss diet and kind of say, like, this is what you're getting? Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. And, like, have people had success in this diet? Yeah, because people have lost weight. However, I think you have to acknowledge that more goes into this than losing weight. And for me, I'm most confused by the handling of all of these complaints and all of these women coming forward instead of acknowledging, like most businesses would do, like, oh, my God clearly something's yeah. wrong. We're clearly exactly. doing something that's not right. How can we fix this? It's very, in my opinion, manipulative and like attack, 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 accuse, accuse, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. And I think I was, you. I mean, I've told you my emotions on the whole thing. I was just like so confused by the live. I felt like it was really odd and unnecessary. And I'm curious your opinion on something. So when I talked about it on my stories afterwards, I was like, listen, I've said my pe- I said in the beginning, like someone asked me during my Q&A, what are my thoughts on f factor? I said, like, I was never interested in the diet because for me, like, it really seemed, I don't know. It just, I was triggered by their mm-hmm. content w- four years ago when someone told me about her. I never want to be in a place where I'm counting things. Like, I just knew it wasn't for me, so I never, like, did any of their stuff. But I don't agree with it, and that's that. Mm -hmm. I then got all my stories after the live and I was like, I'm sorry, this is bullshit. Like this woman just dragged this young woman through the mud. And I said like young 21 year old black creator. And I got a few messages being like, I'm just curious why you included the word black. Like what does that make a difference? Mm -hmm. And I personally think it plays a role in this situation yeah, because I find it very interesting that you and I'm, I'm, I feel like you agree with me on this and maybe you don't. And so I don't want to like put you in an awkward position, but I do find it very odd that you're the one person of thousands of people that have come forward and said their complaints and like not even stirred shit because your comment wasn't even stirring shit, but like Mm -hmm. somehow you then became the one that she was going to put this on and drag through.
0: I think that one of my followers said at best, they said, I think it was like coinc, like subconscious coincidental at best and intentional at worst that she chose a young black person to be the one who the diet is quote, not for. Um, And that I think like at the end of the day, if you're like a 50 year old woman and, you, and you're going to talk to a 21-year-old like, black person and you're going to make their name public uh, to your 100,000 followers, you know that your followers are cyberbullies. And mm-hmm. cyberbullies love racism. So she opened the doors to tons of people to be in my DMs being like, don't bring race into this. Like you're being like, this is like a horrible liberal agenda. Like
1: you really fucking pull a race card. You are a race. Like
0: that's not a card that you just pull. Like that is who you are. And so for her, like the implications, whether if she was like, if I give her the benefit of the doubt and it was a subconscious thing, the implications are so much different than her attacking a like 50 another 50 year old wealthy white woman on the upper east side like yeah. she was like oh well this woman doesn't i don't have any connections with her like all of this stuff like she had there was many things like no i'm not from the upper east side i'm from st louis like no i'm not mm-hmm. wealthy i'm from a low income family but i did go to northwestern i did i was in a story with everybody in this whole entire like you know upper east side you know whatever westchester lifestyle like i understand what that world is like I'm not stupid to put this on me and continue to just with the constant microaggressions is like you have to take responsibility for not just like the intent of whatever that was which she continually reminded me was so genuine um but the implications of what happened after yeah. that and do you know another who- thing go ahead
1: yeah well I'm just gonna say really quickly on that note but do you know who Rachel Ricketts is I'm, I don't think she, so. so. I've been following her for a while now. She has been a huge leader for me personally in my like educational journey recently on like anti racism work and social activism. And one of her main points is like, fuck your intention. The impact is what matters. Like, and that's what my mom has taught me though. Like, since I was yeah. like a child,
0: she's always been like, at the end of the day, you hurt this person's feelings. So you have to apologize for that. Like, it doesn't right. matter what you thought you were doing because that
1: doesn't mean that they weren't hurt. If you like step on someone's foot, you don't purposely mean to step on their foot, but you turn around and you say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry I stepped on your foot because of the impact it had. You don't turn around and say, like, Well, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry yeah. if you're, like, your foot hurts. Not my fault. I didn't mean to do that. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. What was the point you were going to say? Uh, I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say that I feel like for, I don't know, this whole pe- there's this piece, it's similar, similar to people saying like, oh, I don't want to get political, um, which mm-hmm. is something that really bothers me. Cause it's like That's such a privilege for you to not think you have to get political. Like I would love to not pay attention to politics. Like what right. is, is wrong with you? Second of all, but this sort of F actor influencer community who's like, I don't want to get involved in this. That is something that's kind of hurting and weighing on me right now because it's kind of like if you watched her bully a young woman, Mm -hmm. like, first of all, what if that was like your daughter? Second of all, like, to still think like, oh, I just don't want to get involved in that when you've promoted the diet so heavily in the past. You are involved.
1: And And I bet people like,
0: go ahead. Yeah.
1: No, you can finish.
0: I just feel like it's just kind of like a cop out for not wanting to take responsibility for your actions Definitely. and to not stand up to what was like a thinly veiled attack is frustrating. And it's like, like mm-hmm. that should have been your last nail in the coffin if I'm being completely transparent.
1: Totally. And I think it's fine. You know, there are a ton of influencers out there who haven't spoken on this at all. And if they were never involved in the diet, like, fine, I guess like exactly. that's your decision. You get to choose. but the people who have been promoting it for so long and are now still like not speaking out, that's what's confusing to me. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are probably wondering, myself included, have you had any interaction with her since that live?
0: So after the live, she messaged me saying like, you're such a beautiful, brilliant young woman. I wish you nothing but the best. With the green
1: heart. Oh, Jesus
0: Christ. So I said, ma'am, the green heart does not make... And call, and attacking me in front of 100,000 people doesn't make it okay what you did. I wish you clarity. She was like, do you think it was okay to record our conversation? And then sent me this thing of like 11 states are like where you can't record conversations. And then was like, sent me a screenshot of her promoting my page in like March when I had like 200 followers and I probably gained... 40 from her posting that. So like, it like, doesn't
1: matter. at Walmart. Exactly. It doesn't matter. And then <laughs> thirdly,
0: and then she was like, um, did the little green heart, like fake apology again. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, so here's the really frustrating thing for me is that her issue this entire time has been that people are posting anonymous, untrue claims on their Instagram uh, mm-hmm. or on someone else's Instagram. Right. She had no proof and no confirmation that I had recorded our conversation or shared our conversation when she told a hundred thousand people that that's what I had done. That, which, which by the way, yes, I recorded it for myself, but I never shared it. Mm -hmm. So her going around telling people that I shared this conversation, like take a page out of your own book. You don't spread information like that, you know, like misinformation like that. And so that's kind of like, what really bothers me a lot about that. So I just messaged her to say, like, I never shared this conversation. I don't appreciate you telling a bunch of people that I did. Secondly, I'm in Missouri, where I was well within my rights to record our conversation. yeah.
1: I mean, even still, like, the lack of apology blows my mind. But, you know, kind of now... I kind of feel like we've seen what we're going to get and why would we expect anything different? But a lot of people did ask when I said I was going to interview, like, is there something that you would feel she could do that would like write this situation in any way? Um,
0: so like, I think anytime someone genuinely recognizes what they've done wrong and comes forward with an apology and a plan to do better, you should give them the opportunity to do so. Yep. That being said, I just don't see that happening in this situation. Like, I would love to be proven wrong. Um, but I just don't think that there's anything she could do to like I don't think that there's anything realistically she will do to mm-hmm. recognize that she's hurt people. I don't think she ever wants to be someone who's hurt people, um, or who's been in the wrong or who's done something that could have potentially like messed with someone else's life. So I personally just don't think it's going to happen. But if she were to come forward and say, I'm so sorry that my messaging was incorrect. I'm so sorry that my powders caused anyone harm. I'm so sorry for the way I treated my employees. I'm so sorry for taking on eating disorder clients when I said I wouldn't do that and I don't have expertise in it. I'm so sorry for attacking you on social media when I shouldn't have. And I'm so sorry for my lack of awareness into how race would play into this conversation she could genuinely recognize what was wrong with every action she's taken and apologize for it and lay out how she'd do better my forgiveness is on the table but it's
1: I just don't see that happening yeah I unfortunately don't either however I agree not like I have this like huge grudge against her and like she like it even needs to be forgiven by me but I agree Mm -hmm. that like you know People can change, and I believe that. I just feel like you have to do the work and actually like own up to your shit before anyone believes that you're going to do something different in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when you going into this live I think you were correct me if I'm wrong you had like 1,500 some followers, now you're probably around somewhere like 5,000. You're obviously growing. And I'm mm-hmm. curious where you want your page to go as you continue to grow just in general. And like, you know, I said to my mom when I was explaining like who you were and how I knew you, I was like, honestly, she just was tagging me in her stories about the podcast. And I started looking at her page and I don't follow people just for their following because I think it's bullshit and like everyone's starting mm-hmm. somewhere. And I was like, I loved what she was about. So I followed her. And I think you have a great future ahead of you. Hence why I followed you in June or July, whenever it was. And I'm curious where you want to take your page from here, if um, you have any idea. Because I know we talked yeah. about this yesterday. Like none <laughs> of us know what we're doing, but yeah. just like generally, what For you sure. think you might want to do with it. So
0: um I was super overwhelmed with the amount of people like viewing my story, like the thousands. Like this is just so much, um, honestly, mm-hmm. and so. But the day that I think I was the most overwhelmed last week is when another um, person at Flourishing Heights is a she's a black dietitian posted this article from ID Magazine about called Black Fat Women Can Get Eating Disorders Too. Yep. and that really I was so grateful to see that article and see all of the statistics in it because it felt like it really finally aligned with my purpose to be able to spread awareness about racial disparities in health because Mm -hmm. I like something like 50% of like black teenagers are 50% more likely to exhibit eating disorder symptoms, but are treated at a much lower rate. Um, And like for two reasons, like one for two reasons that this really impacted me and that's what I kind of want to do with my page is to bring awareness to this uh, is Because in the black community and in this wealthy white community, these two places that I'm sort of juggling right now, this wealthy white community, it's like, oh, being healthy or being thin should be like effortless. And it should be and it's very important for exhibiting value. And in Mm -hmm. the black community, it's different in that there's so much else going on that sometimes it's just kind of shameful to be caring about your health. But at the same time, there's In many black communities, there's a lack of access to resources about health, a lack of access to adequate health care, doctors, etc. Like my dad is, I'm mixed and my dad is black and like that man will not eat a vegetable. He does not want to go to the doctor. Like he's just like so against it. And there's just, and there's so much that goes into that. And I don't blame him for any of his, if his beliefs, that's just the culture. And that in itself leads me to be really concerned about eating disorders in young black women, because it could have easily happened to me, but I'm one of those people who's quote, too strong to have ever gotten treatment, you know, and that is just what's, and that's something I really want to bring awareness to on my page. I'm all, I'm already no stranger to talking about really problematic social issues and giving my two cents on them on my page. Like, like I said, I know I've talked about my sorority a lot in here, but like, I've also been at the forefront of abolishing the, or not, the, I have not been at the forefront, but I've been very vocal in saying we need to abolish Greek life.
1: And yeah, like, that's, that that's happening am, right now with my school. Exactly.
0: Yeah. At Northwestern, they're doing that right now too. And so that itself, we are talking about that on my page. We are talking about racial disparities in health. We're also going to talk about how this transition from being a diet culture fiend to, self-love girl I don't know how I'm supposed to do that like I don't know where I'm going with it like I still have days where I'm like I shouldn't have eat that, eaten that or like I look at myself in the mirror and I don't love what I see so I'm just trying mm-hmm. to be as transparent as possible as I on my own self-love journey while also bringing awareness to the things that really matter to me um, which is that black women are of course suffering more in diet culture than we realize they are
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly why you're going to do incredible things because I know I DM'd you this when you were saying this on your stories that you feel overwhelmed and you don't know where this is supposed to go and you don't know how to be a quote unquote influencer, but those are the type of people that succeed because – you're honest, you're transparent, you're vulnerable, you're sharing what you're going through in real time, like you're not trying to put on some facade of I know everything and this is what I'm doing. Like majority of us have no fucking idea what we're doing, especially in this industry because it's so ever-changing. And that's Mm -hmm. why I feel I relate to you so much because some people are very much like they might feel that way, but they would never admit it in a million years. And I think it's just so fake and bullshit Mm -hmm. and just it doesn't interest me in my – choosing of who I follow. So I think you're going to do great things on here. And all of the topics that you are passionate about are ones that are important and conversations we we should be having more. And there is such a need for more black voices in this wellness movement. And I don't mean that in the sense that there aren't black voices, but I think more people need to pay attention to the black voices because they're there. Mm -hmm. I just don't think they're given the space that they should be to speak and the awareness and the following that they deserve. And I'm also curious on that note, what your favorite characteristic is about yourself?
0: Um, I guess that I, so I'm a Sagittarius Uh, and I never like felt like very close to the Sagittarius, like, because I've been in a long-term relationship for like three years, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that I'm very impulsive in every other thing that I do. Um, and that is what it gives me my self-confidence, you know, like the fact that I just, I'll I'll apply to it. Like when it came to my job or applying to Northwestern or like the numbers are, are very low, like it's impossible to get, um, into like a, a lot of the programs even that I applied to and I like, but I never sort of took impossible as a stopping ground. Like I always have just applied and just done it um, or tried something new without really thinking about it. And I think that's my favorite characteristic because it can get me into some trouble, but it always works out.
1: Amazing. And also you didn't mention this, but another thing that I'm sure you felt that way is the Warren program, which is, is another incredible achievement to add to your list. And I know I messaged you this, but my mom listens to every show. And she, when I was telling her about you and that I was having you on and giving her the backstory, I was like, yeah, you should follow her. She's like, oh, I followed her when you talked about her. I even DM'd her because she said that she's going to <laughs> Wharton, and, I, and my mom loves to say that. I mean, she did go to Wharton, but I feel like it, it gets, she, it gets overlooked because she yeah. stopped working when I was like three. And so I think people just think like, oh, she's always been this stay at home mother and she didn't mm-hmm. have a career of her own. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, of course. I messaged her being like, go Warren. I was like, "You yeah, DM her. Like,
0: yeah, yeah she I did.
1: I found it too. I was like, I
0: feel like this is celebrity, like beginning of quarantine. <laughs> I found you from your TikToks with your mom, which I'm sure millions of people have told you that. Yeah. But like, so funny. And I'm, I'm honored to share an alma
1: mater. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's actually a family joke because my younger sister uses to admit that my mom went there. She's like, you didn't. You just tell <laughs> us you <laughs> did. You did it. That's so funny. Um, so I'm very excited for you to also have that experience. And then to close out, what would be the three ways to your heart through food? Oh, through food. Okay. This is, it's tough. I would say
0: you can't go wrong with a good pasta. Pho is like my everything, like 100% mm-hmm. through that. And then um, I hate to be like that girl who's like with a the, with the boyfriend, but my boyfriend makes like Incredible food, and he makes this very good like shrimp coconut curry sauce.
1: Yeah, and that—that that favorite
0: thing. Exactly, it literally is like it's just like butter, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so great, and so that those are my top three pasta. Pha, and my boyfriend's mom's recipe of shrimp coconut curry.
1: Yum. Well, you'll have to share that recipe because I need to make it. I'm obsessed I with will. anything curry, anything Same. I can get my hands on. Same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun. I'm so appreciative of our like newfound Instagram friendship mm-hmm. over the past few months, but also just getting to know you and sharing your story on here. And for anyone listening, I'm not going to do like the solo closing just because this is a bonus episode and mm-hmm. I feel like m- there's not much life updates before Friday's episode. Um, yeah. But for everyone listening, it'll be in the show notes, but the best place to follow you on Instagram is at wellnessalexis, correct? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And well, thank have you so much day. for having me. Oh my God. Of course. Everyone go to Alexis. She's awesome. She's part of our Freckled Foodie family and used to be a part of hers. And I am excited to watch you continue to grow and see what your future holds. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and/or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at FFN Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope. hope Hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.